Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Islamic Faith in Focus. I am your host, Imam Hassan A. Amin. And today we're going to discuss helping the needy, the Islamic perspective, just some very basic information about helping the needy and what encourages us as Muslims to help the needy, which is, of course, let's start with Allah, Almighty God. And Allah says in one verse in the Quran, which is the second chapter, the 177th verse, he says, It is not righteousness that you turn your face towards the east or the west, but it's righteousness to believe in Allah, the last day, the angels, the books, and the messengers, to spin of your substance out of love for him, for your kin, for your orphans, for the needy, for the wayfare to the end of this particular ayah. And so one of the one of the main things Allah says in here is that we're spending out of our love for Allah, what we have, what He has given to us. And we spend that on, of course, our kin, which is our family, and the orphans and the needy. So this is one of the encouragements that Allah gives to the Muslim. Now there is I want to give you an example. Every, every year, my organization, Muslim Social Services Agency, what we do is we team up with another organization, which is Islamic Relief um, USA, and we do what is called the Day of Dignity. And so we close off the street and we bring a lot of different items to the people in the community, mostly a low-income community. And we bring we things such as um, food, uh, hot, hot meals, t-shirts, pants, shirts we bring all and canned goods and also health care providers we bring them there and lawyers we bring them there for giving free advice and for jobs and we bring a lot of things to the, to the community and so one day we were giving out some meat and one of the a man walked by the line he said sir is that meat for free how much does it cost he said no 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 sir it's for free just get in line and sign up and let us know how many people in your family and we give you a, enough meat for your family and he was so excited for about all the time he was in the line for about maybe 10 to 12 minutes. He kept talking about how much he needed the meat. He knew where he was going to buy the meat. He was so thankful that we were giving away the meat for free. He went on and on and on. So we never know who needs something. And we may be on time in order to give them that food. So it is encouraged for the Muslim and for all really to give to people and help people because you really don't know how much they need. And once you do it, you such a great satisfaction in helping someone else. It was also mentioned by the prophet, may peace be upon him, was said that a, that a man asked the prophet, he said, which act in Islam is best or the best? And the prophet, may peace be upon him, replied, to feed the poor and the needy, and to greet those you know and those you don't know. 
And so here we see that one of the things that the prophet said that if one of the best or most superior thing or act that a Muslim can do, and that is to greet those you know and those you don't know, and also to feed the poor. So he encourages us all the time to feed those who are in need. It is also mentioned too that the prophet also encouraged the Muslims to give, even when you don't have anything to give. So you say, well, how does that happen? And so it is mentioned in one of the prophets saying is that every Muslim has to give in charity. The people asked, oh, Allah's prophet, if someone has nothing to give, what will he do? He said, he should work with his hands and benefit himself and also give in charity from what he earns. The people further asked, if he cannot find even that, he replied, he should help the needy who appealed for help. Then the people asked, if he cannot do that, he replied, then he should perform good deeds and keep away from evil deeds. And this will be regarded as charitable act. And so if you don't have anything to give, at the very least, do good deeds and stay away from evil deeds. In Islam, we believe that if a person does bad deeds, well, a thing that erases his bad deeds are doing a good deeds. We will always encourage a good deed, good, do a good deeds. And so here we're, say, we're seeing that if you don't have anything at all to give, at the very least, do good deeds and stay away from evil deeds. And this will be a form of charity for us. The Prophet, may peace be upon him, would be sit around with the Sahaba, with his companions, and maybe had discussions or something like that or meet with them. And sometimes people would come to him and they are very poor. And so what would happen is that he would say to those around him, the Prophet say to those around him, he would say, who's going to intercede on this person's behalf? Meaning who's going to help this person who is in need and receive the blessings of reward from Allah, may Allah be pleased with them. And so we always encourage the Muslim to give and for us to be in competition with each other to give, which is a good form of competition. It's even better than the Olympics. And you get you get a lot more blessings and, and beneficial to you than even winning a gold medal in the Olympics. And so we have to keep in mind that we should strive not to show off. We should strive as much as possible to do good deeds and to help those that are in, are in need and be in competition with each other. As the prophet said, look, who's going to help this person? Who's going to step up and help this person get the reward from Allah from doing this particular thing? Now, there's a very long hadith or saying of the prophet, peace be upon him, about Allah saying and asking on the day of resurrection of the people of Adam or the children of Adam. And he's asking this question and he says, I'm going to make the, I'm going to give you the shorter version of it. He said, basically, oh, son of Adam, I was sick and you did not come to see me. You didn't visit me. And then the son of Adam meeting us would say, my Lord, how can you be sick? You are the Lord of the worlds. He says, so-and-so was sick. And had you went to visit him, you would have found me near him or next to him. And then Allah said, oh, son of Adam, I was hungry. I needed food to eat. And you did not give me anything to eat. And then the son of Adam would say, us? Oh, Allah, 
You are the Lord of the world. How can this be that you're hungry and we didn't give you anything to eat? He says, so-and-so was hungry. So-and-so asked for something to eat, but you did not give him anything to eat. Have you done so? You will find me there or find me next to him or find me with him. He will say, oh, son of Adam, I was thirsty and you didn't give me anything to drink. And again, son of Adam, us, will say, oh, Allah, you're the Lord of the world. How can this be that you're thirsty and we give you something to drink when you are the one that provided the water and the drink? And he said, so-and-so was thirsty, needed something to drink, but you did not give it to him. Have you given him something to drink? You would have found me next to him or found me around him or found me near him. So we see from this is that being going to the sick or being around the sick is a place where Allah is. So we should visit the sick. If someone asks for something to eat, give them something to eat because that's where Allah is. Like where Allah is with a person who is sick. Same thing for where Allah is. He's with the person who is hungry. And the same thing Allah will be with the person who is thirsty. So a person asks for something to drink, then go quickly to him or to her and give them something to drink. You never know how much a person needs something. And what the little thing that you can do to help that person out. One time we had our program written before. And we had a man was getting his blood pressure checked. And then the healthcare provider said to him, Sir, you need to go to the hospital now. Because basically your numbers are off the chart. Your blood pressure is just is just so high. It's like your heart and your veins are getting ready to bust. And so the man picked up all his belongings. And he headed down to the emergency room to get himself checked out so they can bring down his, bring down his blood pressure. Alhamdulillah, praise be to God that we provided, praise be to Allah, that we provided for him and let him uh, away, uh, letting him know that your blood pressure is too high and you need to get it checked out. And so you just never know. We just get provided with something simple, something easy, something something that we say, okay, just so you know your numbers. But was, we gave him more than that. We gave him, by the will of Allah, maybe life. Because we were able to tell him, look, sir, go get yourself checked out. Because your numbers are too much, are too high, and your heart can't take that heavy pressure that was being put upon it because your blood pressure is so high. And we have this ayat in Quran where Allah says that when you murder someone, one person, you ask you if you're murder, murdering or you're killing all of mankind. If you save one life, it's like you're saving the life of all of mankind. So there's so much value in what happened that day for this particular, in, particular individual. I also want to mention Abu Bakr Sadiq, which is one of the Prophet's companions. He was the first Khalifa after the Prophet's death. He became the leader of the Muslims. He was also the father-in-law of Prophet Muhammad, may peace be upon him. And he would walk through Medina or walk through town in wintertime or whenever trying to find out who needed something or find out from the poor, did, you, did they need something? They need clothing, they need food, they need whatever that, that the thing that they needed, he, or blankets. He'll walk around and provide those, once he found out they needed it, he'll provide them for him. 
or for that individual. That's the kind of man that he was, encouraging and being a good example for um, for the Muslims and for others. One time, what happened is that Umar, which another the pro another one of the companions of the Prophet and one of the leaders of the Muslims, he went to a blind lady's house because he thought that she needed some help cleaning up her house, making her food, and so forth. But every time he got there, the house was already clean and her food was already made. He went there several times. He said he wanted to know well, who was doing this. And so he got up early in the morning and then he waited to see who was this person that was doing this for this lady. And so he saw the person. It was none other than Abu Bakr Sadiq, which was he is the first leader of the Muslim after the death of the prophet, peace be upon him. He was the one, this great leader. He was the one unbeknown to to Omar going in there cleaning up the lady's house and preparing her meal her meal for for her and so we see the leadership of Islam is they don't just they lead by example they don't just lead a prophet did it and also Abu Bakr Sadiq did it and Omar did the same thing Omar too will walk around the hot town, walking throughout the, the village, trying to find out who needed something and provided them for provided it for him or for them. Well, he would even go as far as to go to the Beitumal, the place where the food was stored, and put the bags on his own shoulders. And one time, one of the people who, were, who was monitoring or managing this particular this particular place where the food was kept, he said, he said, he said, oh, Umar, let me carry that for you. And Umar said, no, 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 you're not going to carry this for me. He said, I carry my burdens in this world and basically I'm carrying my burdens in the next world. Or he said something similar, similar to that. And so also during the time of Umar, they had a drought. It was a famine. And nothing was growing. And so a lot of people on the outside of Medina, outside of town, they came in, inside of town, overwhelming the town, town with their need because they couldn't grow anything. They needed something to eat. And so they came in town to get something to eat. Umar didn't say, go away, stay away. Go. That's your problem, not my problem. He did not say that to the people. He summoned all the governors in, an, in the neighboring area and he told them to send us some of your extra food stuff from your storage area so we can feed these people. And for every day, for, for every day that the people were in inside of Medina, he fed about 40,000 people. Everyone ate. He did not send them back home. He took care of the people because he knew that was his responsibility to do so. One time we, we gave some food out, some food stuff to the people in the community. They were non-perishable items uh, such as pasta and beans and corn, canned corn and tuna and the like. And so we finished giving it out to many of the people in the community. And we had we had a lot of pasta le left that you put on your on your on your some tomato sauce, if you will, that you put on spaghetti and and the like, and also some tuna and other things were left. And we said, well, what are we going to do with this? Then we decided, well, we're going to save it and, and give it next time we come out. But then a lady happened to come by, and she had a cart. And she had a little, a little child with her. And she asked her, inquired about the food. How much does it cost? No, no, the lady, they told the lady, no, it's free. Uh, and she said, oh, free, free. She said, good. They started telling us her story. And the story was that she would take care of her four-year-old granddaughter. She had nothing in her cart, uh, in her house to eat. And she, in her cart, she had, it was empty. And she also mentioned to us that what she was doing is that in a ketchup bottle, because whenever they made um, spaghetti, for example, she, she would take the ketchup bottle and put some water in the ketchup because ketchup is thick. And she will put water in the ketchup bottle, shake the bottle up, and then pour that mixture on top of the spaghetti, sort of making, trying to make spaghetti sauce. 
uh, and so but and the people who were helping my volunteers on that day they were you couldn't find a, a dry eye because they because they heard that lady's story and so we gave the lady all the pasta we gave her all the canned goods that we had and also we gave her twenty dollars to hopefully last until next week that following week until she got her check and so we see from this, you just don't know people's situation and how dire it is. And we just happen to be at the right place at the right time. And she happened to come by, by the right place at the right time. And we're able to help this lady. So please, I encourage anyone, Muslim or non-Muslim, I don't care who you are, please help people. If people need the help and you're able to help them, then help them. If you have, for example, in America, you have we have U.S. dollars. We have one dollar. Give them 50 cent of it. Or if you have other dollars home, then give them the whole dollar because you have other money that you can, you have access to. You get to later on. But please encourage others to help other people or go to organizations that help other people. My organization. Muslim Social Services Agency on .org. You can go there and you can donate if you like, and we will make sure that we continue to help people that are, that are in need. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Islamic Faith and Focus. I have been your host, Imam Hassan Ayamin. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This has been a production of the Venn Network.